When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The St. John's Red Storm Podcast is presented by Teachers Federal Credit Union, the official credit union of St. John's Athletics. Johnny's fans, the next half hour is yours. Champagne, you're kidding me! Another three! To Correa with three, Leilani Correa has 31! This is your one-stop shop for all things St. John's Athletic. Goal! Rafael Bustamante! Off the corner kick. Giveaway, it's Kajan who wins it for the Storm. A hat trick for Johnny Kajan. Giving you a behind-the-scenes look at the moments that have shaped a century-long history. 2019 Big East Volleyball Champions. How sweet it is for JoJo and her Johnnies. Featuring exclusive interviews with your favorite players, coaches, and administrators. We are New York's team. We are St. John's. St. John scores it right there in the Red Storm. Win the season opener 19-18. Bowie will drive that one to center field. Ranging back is Hayes. It's out of here! Buckle in, Johnny's fans. The St. John's Red Storm podcast presented by Teachers Federal Credit Union starts now. Welcome, everyone, to the latest edition of the St. John's Red Storm podcast presented by Teachers Federal Credit Union. I'm Andrew O'Connell, joined by the voice of the Johnnies, John Mako, as the Red Storm gears up for the 2022 Big East Tournament, the first normal tournament, we could say, John, in probably about three years now, right? And, it, and it's so interesting. It, you know, it, it's almost, and for those that will be listening uh, via the audio, uh, one of my first comments come Wednesday night will be, welcome back. We missed you. I mean, the Big East tournament, to me, is one of the great events in New York City. It's one of the great events in college basketball. It's uh, heavily attended, highly competitive, and just a lot of fun uh, for four nights and days at at Madison Square Garden. So I'm looking forward to it. I look forward to it every year. The bottom line is this, and as you correctly detailed, we really haven't had it in three years. I know you mentioned about just how great of an event it is long before I ever started working at St. John's, you know, the Big East tournament was circled on the calendar every year. It's just, it's tough to put into words, you know, 
and obviously this is me being a Big East homer here, but I remember a couple of years ago when the Big Ten was trying to get their way to Madison Square Garden. And even when, uh, you know, the ACC's at Barclays Center like they are this year, there's just something about the Big East tournament occupying a space on the New York social calendar. It's almost like the U.S. Open in tennis for a sense where, you know, it doesn't matter who you're a fan of. It doesn't matter if you're a big college basketball fan. That second week in March rolls around and you know what's going on at the Big East tournament. And it's one of the toughest tickets to get in town, mostly because it's just such a great event. And I, I think the premise of the Big East going back to its founders and and Jack Kaiser was one of those uh, from St. John's, of course, uh, the big cities, the big markets, and you have the Big East tournament being played in the biggest market. John was able to talk to Julian Champagny, recently named first team all Big East for the second consecutive year. He's the seventh Johnny to ever do it. Can you name the other six, John? It's a pretty rarefied well, air. I, I, I know that, you know, there's D'Angelo Harrison and Shamari Pons and uh, Marcus Hatton. And, Marcus Hatton, 0-2 uh, and 0-3. And, 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 and so interesting, you know, senior night and Marcus Hatton bobblehead night and going through all his statistics, which I really hadn't studied in, in quite a while. And, and the, the, the type of scorer that he was at St. John's and some of the where he ranked statistically in just two years. I mean, I think it took him just like 48 or 49 games to get to a thousand, <laughs> which, which was remarkable. And so those are, you know, then, of course, Chris Mullen and Mark Jackson and, and players like that. But, um, you know, the tremendous honor Julian's had, it. you know, there, there have been a couple of bumps in the road. But you know what? There always are for the, for the great ones. And uh, he's had himself a, a season to remember. It's been a great year and it's still going because he can certainly made a, make a lot of memories uh, this week in the Big East tournament. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that about Marcus Hatton. I feel I always feel like the early 2000s, even the late 90s, are a bit of an underappreciated part of St. John's history. And, you know, you talk about just the statistical aspect of what Marcus Howe was able to do. 1,400 points in two years. As a senior in 2003, he scored 856 points. For his St. John's career, he averaged 21.2 points a game. Not for a season, not for a 10-game stretch. For his St. John's career, 21.2 points. Just absolutely ridiculous when you look at what Marcus Hatton was able to do here in his two years at St. John's. And, and, and figure this, uh, uh, his shooting, and he loved to shoot, and he loved to score, and, and St. John certainly, uh, you know, welcome that. You, you welcome that anytime with anyone. But, but the bottom line, when I'm going here, is this, two years at St. John's, and he is number one on the all-time list for field goal attempts. And you know who number two is? Who's Mark number two? <laughs> He is one. He is one and two on the all-time list, and he played just two seasons here with the Red Storm in Redmond. My favorite statistical nugget from Marcus Hatton's career was he is the only St. John's player in history to have a double-double of points and steals against Syracuse in 2002. He had ten steals in a game. Remarkable. You know what? It goes to show you that he was more than just someone that just threw the ball up toward the direction of the basket. He could do other things. 
And uh, it, it was really, I think it was, it was really nice to see him get recognized uh, with, with the bobblehead. And when, when he came out to take the pictures uh, during one of the uh, media timeouts, you know, I could tell, because uh, I was fairly close, that, that he was genuinely touched uh, by all the attention he got that night. It was, it was happy to see. He was, and he's one of our, one of St. John's most supportive alumni on social media. You always see him there talking up the team. He's locked in on every game, just really loves his alma mater, which is always great to see from a former player. And for those counting home, the one player that Mink did miss on the seven of the seven Johnnies to win two first team All Big East honors, it was Malik Seeley. So first one to do was Chris Mullen, then Mark Jackson, then Malik Seeley, then Marcus Hatton, then Shamori Pons, or D'Angelo Harrison and Shamori Pons, and now Julian Champagny. So talk about an esteemed fraternity to be joining in that regard. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad at all. Looking ahead to this week, St. John's Open Big East Tournament action on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock on FS1 against the 10th seeded DePaul Blue Demons. John, if you remember, these teams actually met in the 7-10 game in 2019, the last time St. John's made it to the NCAA tournament. St. John's, after being swept by the, in the regular season that year by DePaul, was able to beat them in the first round before advancing on to face Marquette in the quarterfinal. And the two teams split the regular season series this year. January 5th at Karnasek Arena, Julian Champagne, 34 points and 16 rebounds against the Blue Demons. And then, of course, just a couple weeks ago in Chicago, Javon Freeman-Liberty went absolutely nuts, 39 points on 21 shot attempts as DePaul defeated St. John's 20, uh, in 99-94. to 94. John, you were at both of those games. What do you think are going to be? What do you think is going to be kind of the biggest deciding factor when these two teams meet again on Wednesday night at the Mecca? I think the first thing I think uh, in looking at both games, the trend that was the same was the tempo. It was uh, it was up and down the floor. It was a shootout on the part of both games, the game at Karnaseka and, of course, uh, the game uh, in, in Chicago. So my first question is, would either coach – tend to maybe slow things down a little bit at times during the course of the game, or are both coaches 100% dialed in to the fact that they want to see another track meet, another track meet for the third time. So uh, I, I personally think that tempo is the first thing that I'm going to look at uh, here tonight. Would one of the coaches decide, you know, maybe we're going to slow it up a little bit at times, uh, and um, the, because the first two games were what was a bonafide track meet, and so th that's that's the first thing, and uh, the second thing, there are player. Uh, I don't know what the availability. David Jones aggravated the ankle uh, in the game against UConn on Saturday, and he aggravated it actually against St. John's after missing a few games. Uh, but but he was as soon as he got on the bench, he came right back in the game. So I I I, I don't know one hundred percent the exact, uh, but he has really come on for. I mean I know Freeman Liberty scores a ton of points, but but David Jones has really improved. Uh, I think two of the the matchup that becomes important for me is is Soriano and Angenda. I, and I'm not looking, you know, you know, for those two to get, you know, six points and seven rebounds. I mean, that would be a major plus for either team that got that. I, I think the Angenda Soriano, I know the stars have to play the way the stars play. 
uh, that that goes without saying in my mind. But I, I, the Angenda Soriano thing is, is uh, something I'll be watching for as well. You talked about Soriano. He missed the last two games in February, which very coincidentally were St. John's losses, including the loss to DePaul on February 27th in Chicago. But since coming back, he comes uh, at home against Xavier, scores 10 points on 5-7 shooting, grabs, I believe it was eight boards, and then in the regular season finale against Marquette, gets eight points and six boards. So Joel Soriano, even his offense has really picked up one of the most efficient shooters on the team. But the thing that really sticks out to me for Joel, and I, I think back to the win against Xavier in Cincinnati, is his defense has gotten so much better. Everybody knew Joel Soriano was a guy that could grab boards, was a guy that had nice touch around the rim. But I think, and I think back to that game at Xavier, he's really learned how to become a much better, straight-up, more consistent defender. And that the biggest thing for Joel is without fouling is what I feel like he's been able to do. Have you seen any kind of improvement from him on the defensive end in that regard? Yeah. No, he, he, I think he has improved in, in, in most all areas. And, and, and you know what? Uh, because in, in some respects, you can make the argument because, you know, last year he didn't play that many games at Fordham. I 14 think games. 14, right. So, so you can make an argument he's a freshman. Um, so, it, you know, uh, but I think the one thing, the one area that I like that he has very much improved on is his post-passing uh, coming out, uh, out of a double team. Uh, he's a, he is willing and not selfish. The ball goes into the post. And he does not have the shot that he wants, uh, i.e. the, the right-hand baby hook. Uh, it'll, he'll, he's not afraid. He's not even going to be hesitant uh, to kick it out. I think his teammates appreciate that. And even so, I think there are a number of times that if they, he does kick it out, his teammates are looking for the re-entry. And, um, and, and, and there have been a number of times that uh, they've kicked it out and Posh or Dylan, who, whoever's uh, running the point at the time, will re-enter the ball and Soriano may get the shot that he wants. The winner of that DePaul St. John's game will have a date on Thursday night, 7 p.m. against Villanova. Villanova actually won more games in the regular season than Providence, beat Providence straight up twice head-to-head. But because of some COVID issues that forced the Friars to only play 17 games, Providence will be the number one seed. First biggest regular season championship in history for the Friars. Absolutely incredible season for Ed Cooley. And Villanova will be the number two seed. John, you were able to see Villanova play at least twice with uh, St. John's in person this year, both wins for the Wildcats. What do you think a team would have to do to be able to take down Villanova in a Big East tournament setting like this? Well, I, I think there are two, a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is, obviously, this is a well-talented Villanova team. That, that goes without saying, but it's not a deep team. Uh, so, you know, fouls, certain, you know, you're playing, you know, three games in three days uh, and, um, you know, will fatigue or will that lack of depth become a problem at any time? I know that Longino has been playing more minutes here in, in the last couple of weeks. He's uh, the third guard, guard coming off the bench. But I think, you know, and I mentioned Angenda and I mentioned Soriano for St. John's and, and DePaul. 
I think the key for this Villanova team this year, and you take a look at the stat sheet and you're going to say, you're picking them. I think Dixon's improvement has been, has been excellent. And, and I think that he is one of the major key, even though, you know, his scoring average and his rebounds, the numbers are not, you know, going to fly off the chart. But, but, but I think um, he, he is uh, one of the keys to the game, just like Angenda and just like Soriano are for St. John's and DePaul. The thing that really sticks out to me about Dixon, and I'm thinking particularly to the game at Finneran Pavilion against Providence the other night, is he's a 6'8 true power forward. You know, he's not one of these 6'8 small forward wing types, and he shoots about 83% from the free throw line. Villanova this year, I actually haven't checked. Are they still um, on pace to break the NCAA all-time record for free throw percentage? I feel like that's a pretty good recipe to, uh, for success in the postseason if, as a team, you're going to shoot around 83% from the line. Well, coming into the Big East tournament, because I'm doing Villanova preps and uh, prepping for other teams as well, uh, 82%. Uh, coming into the uh, into the uh, the Big East tournament, and those numbers that I mentioned for Dixon, he's averaging nine point six and six and a half rebounds, and he shoots at eighty three percent from the line. Now, talking about Villanova, we may make it seem like they're a little bit unbeatable. If there's one team that's had success against Villanova, rather in the Big East over the past couple of years, aside from Marquette sweeping them this year, it has been St. John's. This team is no stranger to beating the Wildcats. Yeah, and, and you know what? In, in the pandemic season of a year ago, uh, in, in my opinion, the lasting memory of that season was at Carneseca, uh, St. John's and Villanova, and Posh Alexander basically taking the ball away from, um, from Gillespie at midcourt and driving up by himself for, for a layup. Uh, it, it was interesting, and I forget the exact numbers, but Gillespie was like, like outrageous with the, uh, the, uh, the fact that he ne- would never turn the ball over. And St. John's, I think, like, turned him over five or six times uh, in the first half alone uh, of, of that game. And, and that was the lasting impression as uh, St. John's uh, handled Villanova uh, pretty handily that night. And, of course, going back, you know, several years ago when, when St. John's beat Villanova, when the Wildcats, and this was at the Wells Fargo Center, they were the number one team in the country. And it was a, a Wednesday night, and they came away with the victory uh, in that game a few years back. And even the next year, 2018-19, St. John's was down 19 in the first half oh, yeah. against defending champion Villanova and was able to come back and beat the Wildcats at the Mecca. And you mentioned those turnover stats for Colin Gillespie. I'll never forget that. Coming into that game, he had played 12 games, had six turnovers on the entire season. And St. John's was able to force six turnovers on him alone in that game. Yeah, that was, that, that was, that was pretty remarkable. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the defense that night and, and Pasha's night, um, and, you know, unfortunately, um, in no fans uh, in, in Carneseca to see that, but uh, certainly a national television audience. And uh, they, uh, you know what? They, they were treated to something special that night. They were. And I just said that I would never forget the stat, and then I'm pretty sure that I just misquoted it. I think he had 12 turnovers coming in in 12 or 13 games, and they increased his total by 50%. So there's your nice little weekly reminder that I am not a smart man. Now, one thing we'll talk about also – 
before we get to that Julian Champagne interview is how much St. John's, how much a Big East tournament run would mean to this St. John's program. This is a St. John's team that has not advanced to the semifinals of the Big East tournament since 2000 when they last won it. John, what do you think a Big East tournament run would mean to this fan base that's been so hungry for success for the last two decades? I, I, I think you, you put it right there. It, it would be vitally important. It would be so satisfying to the fan base, but I think more so it would be satisfying to the coaching staff and, and the players that have really been gearing up for this. And, and I think the, the, the aspect that makes this more than just talk and obviously that's, that's all we're doing right here is talking, is that Georgetown and what they did a year ago gives the confidence, I think, to every team in, in the conference, whether you're playing on Wednesday or whether you're playing on Thursday, all 11 teams that of, uh, of Wednesday through Saturday run is possible. It's more than just talk. And, and I think Georgetown gave us that type of um, inspiration from a year ago, uh, you know, I, th I thought that was that, and I, and that's, you know, that's what I think going in. Unforgettable run in 2021 by the Hoyas. We'll be joined next by Julian Champagny, who John sat down with before flying out to Marquette this past weekend. But first, a word from our sponsor. Let's face it, injuries happen, and when they do, you need the best help you can get to safely return to your daily activities. If you are in pain, schedule an appointment with Professional Physical Therapy, the PT provider of choice for the St. John's Red Storm. Now with over 190 locations and growing in the Northeast, Professional Physical Therapy makes feeling better even more convenient. So start your road to recovery and visit ProfessionalPT.com to find an office near you. That's www.ProfessionalPT.com. And welcome to the Red Storm podcast and our guest, junior forward Julian Champagny of the St. John's Red Storm. And first of all, uh, before we get started, for our listeners, we'll start by saying this is being recorded prior to the team leaving for Marquette in Milwaukee and the regular season finale against the Golden Eagles on Saturday. And, and Julian, first of all, uh, thanks for the time. And uh, let's start by just looking at the season as a whole and uh, your thoughts going into the final regular season game and, of course, the Big East tournament next week. Uh, well, you know, the season as a whole, it's been up and down, to say the least. And I feel like there are some games that we should have pulled out, some games that we, you know, we didn't. Uh, but that's how the season goes. You know, that's, that's, that's basketball right there. So um, I'm proud of my teammates for fighting every game, game in and game out. We had some injuries. We had some, you know, setbacks, stuff like that. But I'm just proud of the guys regardless or not, whatever. The outcome is where people think like, I'm super proud of them and um, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for no reason. Yeah, a, a couple of words about, you know, some personal things uh, on passing Mark Jackson for 25th on the all time scoring list. And uh, that is uh, what's here from a, in an individual standpoint right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What does that mean to you? Oh, that was pretty cool. You know, Mark, Mark, uh, one of the all time greats to ever do it, period. Um, you know, so that was that, that was a pretty cool accomplishment for me. As, and he also, you know, went to went to my high school. Um, so it was one of those things where I was like, all right, like, you know, this this is this is some pretty cool. It's a, it's a good way to, to end out a season. Has it been frustrating at times on the floor, given the reality that 
the opposing teams, uh, and basically, quite honestly, and, and I see every game, they, they think sometimes they throw the kitchen sink at you. It, it, yeah. it, does it get frustrating at times? Uh, yeah, I mean, it gets frustrating. You know, that, you know some, sometimes that happens and the shots don't fall and it's a little harder to, to get to, to get to my spots and stuff like that. So, so, um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a little frustrating, but I mean, it's basketball, it's ups and downs. So I got to continue to work and continue to, you know, do what my team needs me, shoot the shots I shoot. So, so yeah. How special was it that your brother, Justin, uh, saw you against uh, Butler and you had a big time night that night with the, uh, 31 points. How sp- how special was that? Uh, that was really special, you know. I feel like, uh, well, that was his first time seeing me play a college game, you know. So I had to make sure that I went out went out the right way with that one. Um, I know I got to see him play in college. You know, I got to play against each other, but you know, it was a it was a, it was a special moment for me. And uh, obviously, he had a, a a good seat right there in the front row. Uh, yeah. It, was, was there any, you know, now you can. Tell us any running conversation or anything during the course of the game. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, he would tell me, "Oh, like you know, go here, go there, shoot the basketball, get a bucket, like stuff like that." Friendly, friendly banter during the game, just to, uh, you know, keep it lively. <laughs> so, in other words, you had a coach on one side of the floor, and you had another coach on the other side. Yeah, basically. <laughs> now, you, your father won a national championship uh, with the St. John soccer team back in 1996, and uh, here in, in in your third year, uh, obviously this has been a, a special place for you. Not only the last three years, but basically, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, going to Bishop Lock, uh, Bishop Lachlan High School, right? Yeah, um, I mean, I've been I've been with St. John's, you know, since I remember when I first came here for um, for soccer camp. It was too long ago, um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've been I've been in St. John's. I've been I've been knowing this place for about. You know, all my life, um, it's not one year that I haven't been here. Um, so it's pretty special to to come back and you know create my own legacy. Um, you know, after my father came here and created this. You have the uh, the Big East tournament coming up. First of all, you have the uh, regular season finale against the Marquette in Milwaukee on what is the first Saturday here in March. But you're unique in the in the as the active player on this team, you're the only player uh, to play in that, that half a game uh, against Creighton uh, a, a few years back. And, and you know what, Julian, it, it, it's interesting because um, really for the first time in three years, there's going to be a Big East tournament as, as we know it. Last year was the pandemic and uh, there was nobody in the stands. And then two years ago was the half a game against Creighton. Can you recollect some of the circumstances surrounding that Big East tournament uh, two years ago and how bizarre a situation it was? Uh, yeah, you know, I was a freshman, you know, so it was definitely something new to me. I was kind of expecting to, you know, go through it and, and get the full experience, but I ended up, ended up being cut short, you know, and quickly too. So it was very like, I don't know, it was abrupt. Like we went from playing basketball and going to school to, not playing basketball and getting kicked out of school and just staying home, you know, and doing school online. So it was definitely something, uh, something different, um, you know, but obviously you got to move, you got to learn, you got to, you know, continue on to the next year and then and walk into the next year. You know, we had no fans in the stands, no fan, well, a little bit of fans at the Big East tournament, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. 
Um, so I'm looking forward to it being, you know, back to regular this year. And, and that game, the, the Georgetown game and, and the Creighton game two years ago when, when you were a freshman, you were on the bus uh, basically at the Garden, really not knowing whether you're going to play or not. Uh, how, how was that? How did that situation evolve? Uh, I mean, no one, no one really talks about it. Honestly, we kind of just went. Uh, the players weren't really worried about playing or not playing. We were kind of just locked in as if we were playing. Um, so that, that was really that. The bus fire wasn't. Oh, you talking about after or before? When uh, did you find out in that Creighton game in, in the first half that there wasn't going to be a second half? Halftime, yeah. Halftime. Okay. And, and final thought on, uh, on that. Um, the pandemic of last year, playing games with uh, nobody uh, in the stands from, you know, uh, how hard was that going through the, the games, uh, you know, with no clapping, with no rooting, with no anybody, even, you know, even the, the sportscasters where we were way upstairs, we weren't allowed to have any type of contact. Was that from from a, a standpoint of concentration difficult last year? Uh, no, it was actually the same as this year. Um, yeah, that's how I think about it, at least. Um, basketball is basketball. It's not, you know, I'm, no one's, I'm not worried about fans in the stands or, or, or anything like that, you know, because I've played some games where we don't have that many fans, you know, we may have like 200, 300, like it's not, you know, like it's not, I don't know, I just don't feel like it's that much of a difference personally. It's like it's just basketball. We got to go out there and play hard every day. And, and a final thought now as you get ready for uh, the regular season finale against Marquette and, uh, you know, the, the chance to, you know, experience uh, in reality, the the Big East tournament uh, coming up next week at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Um. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be something to to definitely remember. You know, the guys. You know, we're all you know gearing up for the gearing up for that week. Um. You know, hopefully, we can make a, a a good run. You know, and win a championship. That's always the always the goal for us to to always get there and get there and play our hardest. You know, so we got Marquette next, and um, we're gonna we're gonna play hard and just get ready for the Big East Tournament. Okay, Julian, thank you very much for the time and uh, have yourself a good weekend in Milwaukee and, of course, the Big East Tournament next week. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And that's Julian Champagny. He joins us here on uh, the Red Storm podcast. As the official hospital and team doctors of St. John's Athletics, New York Presbyterian Queens wants to make sure all Johnnies are as healthy as possible and reminds you that being thankful can also improve your health and relationships. Studies show practicing gratitude can lead to more intimate and connected relationships, less depression, more motivation and engagement, and better overall mental well-being. Listing three things for which you are grateful, big or small, on a daily basis for even two weeks can make a difference in overall mood. For more information, visit healthmatters.nyp.org. Welcome back to the St. John's Red Storm podcast presented by Teachers Federal Credit Union. I'm Andrew O'Connell. You just heard John Minko talking to Julian Champagny, who was not aware at the time that he had been named to the All Big East first team for the second consecutive year. John, you've known Julian for quite a few years now. What always strikes you about him, not only as a player, but as a young man? Well, he, he carries himself extremely well. He's uh, 
he's very popular among his teammates. He obviously can play. And, um, and, and you know what? And, and you heard this uh, d- during the interview. It, it, it was a special night, senior night, with his brother uh, being there. The first time he had seen him play, obviously, uh, in high school, they played together. But, but from a, a college standpoint, in person, and, he, and uh, Julian stating, you know, as you just heard, that it was, was a special thing and that he got instructions from him throughout the course of the game. Uh, so, I, you know, I thought it was, you know, kind of interesting. He's got uh, a coach on one side of the sidelines and he's got a coach on the opposite side too. Uh, so that, that, you know, we talked about Marcus Hatton, of course, the seniors and uh, Tariq Coburn the night that he had. But you know what? Uh, Julian had a special night, especially with his brother there. Yeah, you talk about just kind of a kid who, coming out of high school was, you know, kind of touted as the other brother. Justin obviously had enjoyed a tremendous two-year career at Pittsburgh, but Julian, you know, on the national scene was was kind of an afterthought. To see the development that he's had at St. John's in his three years has just been absolutely remarkable. And I will give John Minko a shout-out. I will never forget this conversation that it was before the third game of the year of Julian's freshman year in 2018-19. I was standing with Mink before the game, and Julian had, you know, a couple of good games. I believe he had eight points and eight rebounds in his opener. And then he may have had, you know, 10 points and eight rebounds in the second game. You know, solid start, nothing, nothing incredible. And John says to me, you know, I think when it's all said and done, Julian Champagny is going to go down as one of the great players in St. John's history. And I remember looking at you and saying like, yeah, he had two pretty good games, but, you know, th- there have been some great players in this program. Uh, and you know what, John, you were very, very right. So congratulations on that one, two and a half years later. Uh, he, 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 you know what, he has been great for St. John's. St. John's has been great for him. And, um, you know, his, his father has ties to St. John's. And um, you could see, and even interviewing him, um, how many times, how happy he is that he came to St. John's. And, and I think that that's a great thing. Yeah, he's a tremendous ambassador for the university, kind of everything that you want a student athlete, you know, polite, intelligent, always willing to do whatever needs to be done, never questions anything. And I just, you know, I think for everyone at St. John's, I think I speak for everyone at St. John's rather when I say, you know, we, we wish we could have a whole team of Julian Champagne's. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that uh, 100%. And on that note, John, I think I'm sick of talking, but let's go to the Big East Tournament. Best week of the year, nothing better. Wednesday night, can't wait to see you there. (laughs) And welcome back, Big East Tournament. We missed you. All right, for my co-host, John Miko, I'm Andrew O'Connell. This has been the St. John's Red Storm Podcast, presented by Teachers Federal Credit Union. We hope to see you all on Wednesday night. The St. John's Red Storm podcast is presented by Teachers Federal Credit Union, the official credit union of St. John's Athletics.